When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's good? My name is Chris Dales. This is Trapping Anonymous. Um, this week we have, I got a special episode for you guys. I've been wanting to do an episode in like the medical field. Um, we all know like the hospitals be like for profit, always trying to like take people's money. And um, I finally got an insight to kind of the things that goes on into the medical field as far as nurses are concerned. Um, probably give us like a different kind of perspective um, because we're usually going in as either patients or friends and family and things of that nature. But I think it was important to just find someone that we could just have an honest conversation with about the medical field. Um, Hopefully you guys will learn a a ton of stuff from this episode. Um, Yes. Send in your questions, please. Um, any other topics you guys want to hear, you could always email me. You guys have access to my Instagram, my Twitter, my Gmail. Um, if you still want that merch, I have the sweatsuits out. Uh, you could purchase a sweatsuit at hiphopcloset.com. You could purchase a t-shirt at hiphopcloset.com. Just show your love and support. I'd appreciate that. Keep this movement moving. Um, I got a lot of things that's coming up, especially for the new year. So, you guys, thank you for supporting me, always being in tune. Shout out the title, of course. Um, yeah, this is a journey. We're still on it. I just pray that I get to continue to give you guys this information. This is Trapping Anonymous. This is only entertainment. Please don't get me indicted. My name is Chris Styles. Let's get it. Okay, so it's kind of like a tradition with Trapping Anonymous. I just like to get straight into the episodes. I don't like to dance around a lot. So, I'm going to just straight up ask you. Um, first and foremost, you're a nurse. I'm a nurse, yes. In a hospital. Um, have you ever seen somebody die? I've seen children die. I see children die basically every day. What is that like? Um, I try not to bring it home with me because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you bring that kind of stuff home with you, you just be miserable, you know? And... I try to leave it at. I try to leave work at work and home at home. Sometimes it comes, it becomes overwhelming because I work with children and, you know, it's really hard to just walk away at five thirty and not care and then you know, but yeah, I see children so, die. What, what, babies, do you remember infants. what that first moment where you literally saw a child lose their life right then and there? The first time that I witnessed it was you know, a little different because I had a patient dying 
first and foremost, I, I work with kids that need to be transplanted, mm. liver transplants, and kidney transplants. Okay. And I had a patient who was dying waiting for a liver, and in the next room for her, from her, a baby was dying that could give her a liver. You know, so wow. it... You know, it, it's, it, it, I get emotional even thinking about it because as a parent, you're looking at your baby like, wow, my child is going to die. But next door, you your child is also going to give another baby life, you know? Wow. So, so it's just like that. It's like how you, you try not to be selfish, but then it's just like, this is my child. And it's like, well, if I can help someone else. Are you a donor? What's your thoughts on being a donor? Are you a donor? <laughs> I am a donor. Yeah. Really? I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I always said I will never be a donor. Like people in my family are donors. This that I will never be a donor because I'm like, what if they come out with some new technology and they could bring people back to life, but they could only bring back the people with the right organs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like what if what if like something happens or like what uh, if I could feel it? What if I could uh, somehow because you know bodies be moving after death and first stuff like of that. all, Chris Dows, once you're dead, you are dead. You're there is that there there will never be technology that could <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to feel put it. the blood back in your body and right. make you alive. It just it just won't happen. And the funny I'll tell you a funny story. Like yeah. the only reason I am a donor right now. It's because we had like a little competition at work one day and like whoever could, <laughs> whoever could sign up the most donors would get a pizza party. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to participate. Like, I really want this pizza. Oh, and I signed up. <laughs> so you, you literally, I, you literally I so, signed your organs away I for a slice of pizza. I soul for a <laughs> slice of pizza. Oh, my God. And then once I signed it and like. You know, the ballots were in and everything. I was like, holy shit. Like, I thought, like, cartel would be after me trying to get <laughs> my organs. And this was right around the time. Um, you, I don't know if you guys remember the story about Kanika Adams. I don't know. You I have to refresh my memory. Her name, I think that was her name. And I'm sorry if I'm, you know, being disrespectful by getting right, her name right. wrong. But it was the girl that was having a party like a hotel party with her friends and then all of a sudden oh, she went missing. Chicago. Yes. Yeah, and they found her in the freezer and they yes, were saying yes, yes. it was like organ trafficking Our- and stuff. And it was right around that time and I was really, really scared. But I mean, the pizza... It was too appealing. It won me over, yeah. Okay, all right. So <laughs> you, you, you're you literally an organ donor for um, a pizza party. But, you know, on a more serious note... Like- on a more serious note, hopefully... One day when I am no longer on this earth, somebody else would be able to live a, you know, a beautiful life with my organs. Yes. And and you can be selective about which organs you want to, um, you know, and, you get know, away. I was having this conversation at work, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, my dad needed a kidney. And I was like, yeah, dad, I'll give it to you. Just that and a third, blah, 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 and mine. And then we... You know, like weeks have gone by and he was just like, yeah, making sure that I'm still willing to give it to him. One, I didn't understand I had to be on medication for the rest of my life. Yes. Once I do give, you know, that, excuse me, that kidney up. But more importantly, I'm like, okay, dad, if I go under this surgery and do this thing for you, will you stop smoking? Will you stop drinking? And he was like, what? He was like, I can't promise you that. And I'm not going to promise you that. And I'm not even going to tell you if I am or if I'm not. And I'm just imagining here, 
I sit there, go under this knife, give you my organ, be on medication for the rest of my life, and you pick up another cigarette? Right. And, and you that's can't even make an obligation to me? You right. can't even try? You can't even try? Right. I mean, I completely so agree with that. my thing is, you have people, right, because they're getting organs, they're getting, you know, whatever body parts that they need, and it's about money. What if your liver goes to somebody that went through five livers, but they continue to drink, but they yeah, just got the right. money I mean, to get put the, on the list right. to continue to keep getting organs. I'm but not even saving somebody broad, worthy of this. Right, shit. but it's such a broad topic because um, living donation, and that's what it's called, is like when you when you have a family member that it, like meets all the criteria that that is willing to donate to you, that's called living donation, okay. right? And when you have someone that is willing to donate a organ to you, the process of getting transplanted is, I would say, 20 times, uh, almost Quicker. 100 times Quicker. faster. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, basically, the process, I would say, is not longer than two weeks. Okay. As opposed to someone who doesn't have that opportunity or blessing, and they could be waiting... 20 years which is crazy right so i mean if you have a family member that you couldn't imagine losing and you have the opportunity to save their life yeah and really the only downside of it is that you will be taking medication for the rest of your life if you love that person that much you would do it i mean you would do it but i'm, I'm sorry not not me i personally would not do that for somebody that it's going to just throw my kidney away and then going to need another one right after that. Well, yeah. I mean, if your dad was completely honest with you and let yeah, you know, like... which he wasn't. So, like, you, we talk about these lists and getting on these donor lists and things like that. Do you think, like, maybe sometimes shady business goes on in a hospital with getting on a list or having the money to get on, like... There is a lot of shady business. Talk to us a little bit about that. What's up with that? I... You guys, this is... It's really shady. <laughs> they, I mean, I work with one world-renowned doctor. He is like goes sometimes across countries and continents. To this is Travel Anonymous. We're not going to give him no names. We're not giving up any names. Absolutely not. Okay. But he is a well-respected doctor, and um, you know, a lot of people try to get in his good graces, just you know, networking right. purposes, and. I remember one time he asked me to switch lab results. He asked me to switch lab results with, I mean, because how it goes in the in that in that industry um, is whoever is the sickest patient gets transplanted first, oh. right? So he came to me privately and he asked me if I would be willing to switch blood results what for a patient that he knew and like switch it with a more sick patient so that he could his patient could get transplanted is he offering you some money some cash or is this just like i am not going to get into that like Ooh, that is travel anonymous <laughs> nurse anonymous this <laughs> shit is real. you gotta tell us like he offered you he's he like offered me a lot of money like how much i Rather not say. Come on, it's he offered me a lot of money and like ten thousand. Nope, more than that. Like fifty thousand. More than that. A hundred thousand dollars. 
He offered me $120,000. To switch lab results? To switch lab results. And what'd you say? I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because, first of all, they were, they were both children. Ooh. Number one. You'd be and a- who I am not God to say. Who lives th- and who, who lives and who dies. And I was kind of offended because it's like, out of all the people here, you came to me. Thinking that I was that money hungry. Well, I was that person. Right. And I, I was I was just kind of uh like offended. What role does what role do you think race because you're we could say you're black. What 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 role I mean, what role does race play in that medical field? Is are you experiencing racism? You're a I female. honestly can't say that I've ever experienced racism. Um, so you don't think he came to you based off of, no, I, I don't think that race had anything to do with it, to be honest. Like everybody loves to put the race card on everything. Right. I honestly cannot say that it was a race thing, but he probably was just like, you know what? She dresses nice. I always see her, you know, I always wear nice bags she and nice shoes. She She's going to want bottoms. some money as opposed to the regular girls here that just throw on anything and come to work with, you know, like, it was just, he had to be scoping me out for a minute. Because I don't okay. think that anybody would just roll out the bed and just decide I'm going to ask her today. Like, you know, so he was going to give you this money in cash. Cash. He said that. He said it. He said it. Fuck. He called this me in his office. This is what is going on in these motherfucking hospitals with this these people is. with, you know, in positions of power. And you thinking and, that and you know you you thinking your family's life is in the hands of like this good prestigious doctor? You think you? And I must say that UNOS is like the or is like a huge organization that basically monitors transplants and donors, and it's like very, very, very well. Um, no, yeah. Not they even well known. It's prestigious and it's very organized. Okay. Like you know, it's gov. It's like government is involved. Right, right, right. And um, it's bigger than like on a hospital to hospital basis, and even like a doctor to doctor basis. Okay. So, like I said before, whoever is the sickest patient gets transplanted first. Right. It's just that simple. I'll give you guys a quick story. I have a patient who is dying. She's three years old. She's going to be four, and she is on her second liver transplant. Wow. She has a metabolic disease and basically just eats away at her liver, and she is dying. Like, I would say in another couple months, if she doesn't get transplanted, she will be gone. And she is the cutest little girl. Anyway, um, she's been on the list for two to, like, three to four months, I would say. Yep. And... She's just on the list, waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, nobody, they, she has parents that are willing to donate, but there's a lot of, you have to be um, a complete match in order right. for that to happen. And her parents are not. She doesn't have anybody that is willing to donate that is a perfect match. Right. And I met another patient who tried to commit suicide and took, I think, like two bottles of Tylenol. And it immediately destroyed her liver like on a on an hour to hour basis she needed to be transplanted immediately or she was gonna really die 
And she was transplanted first because she was sicker. The sicker patient. Than the baby. And this and the sicker patient doesn't want to be here. Right. And when I tell you this three year old little girl, she looks nine months pregnant. Okay, she is like a highlighter. She's so yellow. Oh my god. And she's miserable. I said, I, I asked her, I said, hi, baby, how are you feeling today? And she gave me a thumbs down and like, it just, my heart Bro. just shattered. Like, yeah. and, and, and sitting here talking to you, I can literally see how, you know, each story or every time it weighs on you. It does. Absolutely. And I think more so because it's, a, it's children, like innocent children. And even though the girl who committed, who tried, she tried to commit suicide, she was also young, I think. She was a teenager. I'm not going to say her age, but she is a teenager. And granted, she's not an adult, but as a teenager, you kind of know yeah, like yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be. And I'm sure it wasn't anything serious. It probably was an argument with her parents or her boyfriend or something. And it's kind of devastating to walk into work and have to help this person when she, number one, doesn't want to be here. And number two... This little baby, this little innocent baby, she wants to live. She's yeah, she, struggling she's and she trying. is like fighting for her life right now. You know, um, you know, the hospitals are for profit. And I think it, it really comes down to about money. And then and then I think whoever's the sicker patient. Right. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. look at a we look at a Rockefeller that had nine heart transplants. Right. It's like. What list was he on right. to get nine art transplants? But then it's like, they, it's, a business. it's about the bread. Yeah, it's, it's about the money. Your life is based on dollars and cents. And that's just what it is. I know you guys have to encounter things like insurance fraud. and Absolutely. What, what, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, insurance fraud is such like a normal thing now. And I mean, all fraud is, but insurance fraud is you can basically use anybody's insurance card and go to the doctor. Or, really? Right. I mean, your insurance card, does it have your ID picture on it? Or does it have a photo of you or anything well, that... Don't they ask for your ID or something like that? They barely ask. Okay. I would never ask. I would just say, "Give me, can I have your insurance card? Like, I'm not going to say I need your picture ID. I'm not looking up to compare it to you. Right, like, right. I'm not doing that. Right. I don't think anybody is doing that. Right. So it's very simple to say, and a lot of people don't have insurance these days, so it's very simple to say, hey, you know what, Cristals, I don't have insurance and I need to go to the doctor. Can I use your insurance card? And you're going to get treated. Your insurance is going to get billed like you're this person and you're not. And that is like on a low level of insurance fraud. But okay. we have doctors putting running claims through that, you know, really, really expensive claims that they didn't even do. Or prescribing medication that will cost, okay. let's say, thousands of dollars when they could have prescribed something that cost $100 and it would have done the same job. You My understand? thing is this. Isn't a doctor his pay a salary? How Not it... always, though. In a hospital, yes. But in private practices, no. You get paid by how much insurance you bill. Oh, so are you... So if a... I'm a doctor and I have a private, this, you know... This studio is my private. Right, right, right. Your practice. Practice. You're going to. I'm going to do whatever I want. Who's watching me? Like, you know, and it's usually the doctors that get caught up is because they just go overboard and they usually have their own private practices. And the hospital is kind of managed better. Right. So it's hard to do, but it still happens. Yeah, I was, um, 
I, I, I talk to like some nurse friends of mine and they just literally tell you straight up sometimes they it's a part of their job to like tell you that you need certain drugs that you don't need just because the the hospital gets paid for mm-hmm. giving you certain mm-hmm. types of drugs. And you know what? On on a pharmaceutical level, it's like, okay, I have a hundred drugs that are made and they all do the same thing, right? But we have to have cheaper ones. We right. have to have right. ones store that are more... Store brand and Exactly, top but they all do the same thing. So I'm going to prescribe a medication that costs $50,000. Louis Vuitton. Right. Louis Vuitton, Tylenol. The Chanel. Yeah. When I could have, you could have just got that the DSW old Na- bag. The Old Navy. Right. <laughs> and it would have done the same oh, thing. So, shit. I mean, most of the time, these insurances, they're on to it now. So if a doctor prescribes something that costs a lot of money, they want a lot of documentation proving that this is the only thing that's going to save them. Like, if they don't get this, they're good. They have to be dying without it in order for it to be approved these days. Yeah. So, like, do you ever deal with, like, the, the the dynamic between doctor and nurse? Like, you kind of feel like maybe the nurse doesn't get the respect that they deserve and maybe the doctors may get a little more respect than they deserve. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think doctors just have sticks up their ass they have something to prove yeah and you know what they just feel like i went to school for a thousand years and i know this and i know that and i mean granted they do and they should be respected but so should everyone else you know and usually they just talk to you in a very demeaning kind of way or they leave it up to you to figure things out and you know, sometimes they leave it in my hands to make decisions mm. that, like, um, I'm sorry, I'm not a doctor. I know nothing about this. Like, I don't know what to do. And they really just honestly expect you to just Google it. Like, why figure this out. Because they're too busy or they're just oh. too full of themselves. They don't think that it's their level to be doing certain things, you know? Do so. You... Go ahead. Yeah, so it's just it's just that, like. Something that they think is beneath them would just be usually the nurse's responsibility. Do you ever find yourself in a position where you have to maybe bend the rules to save someone's life or make them more comfortable or make them in a better position? Because we spoke about like maybe sometimes the doctor is offering you money so that you could do something underhand, but maybe at a maybe lower level, you saw a patient, you know, either in distress or you have to bend the rules a little bit. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, and like I told you guys, I work with children. So as soon as I see a cute face, it's just like, Oh my God, I want to do whatever it is that I could do to make them at least comfortable mm. or make the parents happier. Cause mm. it has to be harder on the parents than the patient. Sometimes just watching your baby be, even if it's not, you know, it, maybe they n- may not need a transplant. Maybe they just have a fever. And it's just like, I feel so bad for you because your baby is sick. You wow. know? So, of course, it's my obligation to try to make them feel better. Bending the rules, I try not to do. But I will, like, you know, 
maybe give them extra snacks, give them extra juice, you know, things like that. I have favorite patients, of course. Calm stuff. That I see all the time. Yeah, calm. I try to keep it like that because then you'll have somebody who notices that you're doing something a little extra and be like, okay, maybe I can get her to do this or maybe I can get her to do that. And I'm just like a real bubbly personality, right. so I'm always approachable. Right. And that's another reason why, you know, he probably approached me with that. But um, What? You just look stuck at all of this. <laughs> because this stuff, <laughs> this stuff literally amazes me, and like I, I don't never take a deep dive into like what's really going on in the medical field or what's going on in the hospitals. And of course, it would be like any other job where things go good and there's things that go bad and there's sneaky things that's going on. But it's like when you go to the hospital, it's almost like going leaving your car at the mechanic. You just trust that. Your car is just going to be good. They're going to bring it back. But these days, do you even, trust you anything? Don't, you don't. You, you don't can. trust anything. You can't. Literally, you cannot. <laughs> I don't even. I'll be looking at myself in the mirror sometimes, like, like uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, dealing with so many sick people, and, and we we talked about bringing this stuff home. Um, this down and there. Do you kind of become numb to the death? I know that might sound really crazy, but like, not yet. No. It's Not still, yet, no, it's still, it's still yeah, and especially because I don't have children yet, Ooh. you know, um, so I was like, damn, like, all, this is all, this is all possible, like, all of these, I, I if I would have never worked in this field, because I've been a nurse for a very long time, and I've worked in all kind of specialties, but working with children who are this sick, you know, it's like, it's like really expected, you know, so you the day before you already know, like, wow, this patient is really doing bad. Hopefully tomorrow when I get here, they, you know, might be feeling a little better. And sometimes I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen patients so sick that I'm just like, just die, baby girl. Like, what? or baby boy, just yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're just really, really sick. And it's, it's like they're just sad, suffering. But it's like, as a infant... You're never going to experience life in a way that a normal child would. You are bedridden. You're in the hospital 90% of your, of the time. Like, just go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, the sadness in their eyes is just... I'm a, I'm an adult and I don't want to be in the hospital. You know? Like, sick. Or, or I don't want to even wake up with the flu. Like, so you could imagine... Do you love the field that you're, that you're in? I really do. Yeah, I'm thinking about changing specialties because sometimes this is just a little bit too much. But yeah, I love it. I love it so much. I wake up every day knowing that I could save someone else. And do you have any like regrets when you're going in um, to work or things that you've done at work that you was like, oh, damn, like maybe I shouldn't have done that or maybe I shouldn't be in this particular um section of my job yeah i think that all the time like maybe i should work in a different field or i mean i could still be a nurse and be like on the phone there's nursing jobs that you can basically pick up your phone from home and kind of guide a patient through um yeah there's there are nurses that only do research on fish i've been offered that job too like um 
testing fish to see um, if they have genetic abnormalities and things like that. I've thought about that. I mean, with the nursing field and just the medical field, period, there's so many open doors and opportunities. Is this something you would recommend? Your, is your job something you would recommend to someone else or maybe even your future kids? I don't know. You kind of got to be built for it. You really got to be built for it. I don't, do you think you were ever really built for it? Or is it something that you kind of had to just acquire over time? Um, No, I've always been. It happened when my when my own mom was sick. And I was in, I was in high school. And she was so sick that she was in the hospital for, I think, like seven months. Oh, my God. And I've, I'm so close with my mom that I had to be there. So I quit school. I quit high school. And I was literally by my mom's side 24-7. There was times that I didn't take a shower for days. Like, I would wow. not leave her. I would clean her, you know, clean her room. And there was a point where the nurses got so comfortable with me being there that they allowed me to give her medication. And I was, what, 17? I had no idea what was going on. But they just knew the dedication that I had. For my mom and just for a sick person. And from there, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. How hard was that for you to go through? It was extremely hard. So that's how I know. This is why I say, like, I feel worse for the parents that have to watch it. Not knowing if their loved ones will make it. Because I've been there. <sighs> have you ever thought... Damn, I should have took that hundred and twenty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> Yo, listen, if I see you in a new whip, or if I see you, you with, see the you new, with a new bag and a yeah, new shoe, I sold, I sold, sold to the doctor in the black. Have you ever spoke to somebody about that? No. I sold so. I don't think anybody would believe me. Yeah, I don't Especially think anybody would believe doctor. me. Yo, he honestly. That doctor is overseas right now doing a huge conference and, like, networking with all these other doctors. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if they know he's a scam artist. Jesus Christ. Um, what's, like, the biggest misconception <laughs> about nurses maybe you see on TV that you, like, it is not like... OMG. I already know. What? I already know where you're going. And it has to be that nurses are always sleeping with doctors. Like okay. overnight, oh, so creeping around. And it does happen, but I mean, You've seen it's that not happen like Grey's Anatomy. Oh, it's not Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> have, you, have you seen or heard about affairs? And I have, yes. I have heard about affairs. And there's actually, I work with doctors that are married to each other. Okay. Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you become used to it. I mean, you're at the hospital, especially doctors are at the hospital 24 7 even yeah. on call when you're home you're still at work because your phone is on 24 7 you cannot miss a call that is crazy. you have to be in the shower with your phone in there like you cannot miss a call when you're in in that in that field or when yeah. that responsibility is yours on the weekends you on your vacation it's always your job you can never clock out of a. That's why I mean, I, doc, doctors deserve to be respected. They are absolutely needed, and they don't get any time off. Even if you're on the plane, if you go on vacation right now and you're on the plane, and God forbid something happens to a passenger, the first thing they say is, "Do we have any doctors, doctors here?" Oh. And you could be minding your business, and dealing you with your own thing, and you're, you're ready to chill. And you yeah. gotta go to work. Your job is never paid for that. No. 
And God forbid if you don't. God forbid if you don't say anything and they find out, you will lose your license. Really? Yeah, you are obligated to help anybody. You can be outside walking your dog, and if something happens to somebody, a stranger on the street, and you don't do anything, you will lose your license. What What is some advice you can give to somebody that may want to enter your field? Be ready. Stay focused. Be ready. Um, be dedicated. Be passionate. And make sure it's something that you really want to do. It's not something that you can just say, I need a job. This is what I'm going to do. It just will never work for you. You would. And that's that's really been me. Like, I've always thought, like, I, I hospitals skeeve me out. Like, literally. I just feel just, I feel nasty just walking in there. Just so because gross, it just yeah. makes you feel like. It's so gross. There's blood on the floor. Blood, there's boogers. There's... Death. And just, it's just like, it's in the air, yo. Yeah, it it's is. like, this is just not a good place. You know what I mean? And I take my clothes day, off in my hallway. Yeah. I have a separate bag for my scrubs. Like, I will never even let it touch my skin. It's like that. It's like that, yeah. And then I, like, have antibacterial detergent and stuff like that. Because it's just so gross, yeah. And you don't ever want to bring home somebody's bloody mess to your house and, like, I have one pair of sneakers that I wear to work. I don't ever change them. I don't walk in my house with them. It's just. What about a success story? Maybe a story that ended. There's that, so many. That just made you, or really sat with you and just made you just like, all right, this this makes it worth it for me. You know what I mean? Well, okay. So it's like kind of both, right? So I had a patient. She was three months. I think she was preemie though. She, her mom gave birth to her it might have been like 20 weeks. She was okay, a 20 premature. week. Um, yeah, preemie. And she needed, I think, like a heart transplant, a liver transplant, and a kidney transplant. And, you know, her parents were really, really sad about it. And she was in the hospital, like I said, for months and months and months. And she, you know, gradually started dying. And it was to a point where her parents were basically like you know what we're not gonna save her we're just gonna kind of let her go and the parents actually got married in the hospital room wow and like had a whole entire wedding nurses were there and like they were just so that of course it was sad but it was did the baby make it she didn't no she didn't make it and i think she died the day after they got married and they were young young parents i think they were 20 21 wow yeah yeah, so that made me happy. Like, they, they finally got the coverage to kind of let her go. And that they were... And I think they had another baby after her, too. Wow. So it came around full circle. And, you know, I'm just happy, extremely happy for them. I haven't seen them in a while. But if I ever did, I would... Um, you know, they will always have a soft spot for me, of course. This is Trapping Anonymous. Nurse Anonymous. My name is Chris Stiles. Let's get it. This episode of Trapping Anonymous is engineered by Bunchanya Lunsford.